Good morning, everyone. It's an absolute privilege and pleasure to be able to introduce Anthony and Greg Campitelli to uh, be running this webinar. They have um, lots of experience and skill in developing an amazing system. We're really, really grateful to have them on board, both as a chapter partner in New Zealand and as a um, Educate Plus premier partner. And I'm not gonna keep you for much longer. I just want to welcome Greg and Anthony and say thank you very much on behalf of Educate Plus and um, its members. Have a good webinar, thanks. Thank you, thank you, Sharon. It's very, very kind. Greg Campitelli here joining me is obviously Anthony and Carmel Brewster from Inquiry Tracker. We're here, I know Kate's online, Nicola's online, a few others. Um, I've been in education for the last 37 years uh, in education teacher, director of admissions and marketing, uh, director of development, worked on several boards, uh, written many, many, many uh, marketing and enrolment and alumni plans for schools and major capital appeals. I'll let Anthony do his introduction. He's uh, been in Silicon Valley for 30 odd years, Anthony. Yeah, that's right, Greg. It, it feels like it was just yesterday when I came out here, but that was 1991. <laughs> so yeah, it is, it is 30 years almost to the day. And I've spent my whole career over here in high tech. So I've worked at uh, Apple, uh, Adobe, startups. I've worked at a satellite company. I've done uh, a lot of different roles, but really most of them have been focused on uh, building amazing products that are just fun to use and beautiful and easy to use. One of the things I have a philosophy is that products should be designed in a way that there's no manual required. It should be intuitive. You should be able to use a product naturally because it's got if it's designed right, it's easy to use. And that's what we take a lot of pride in making sure we design our applications right. And that's how one of the big reasons why Greg and I started Inquiry Track about four years ago is to build a product to really solve what we think is one of the biggest challenges um, uh, that a lot of K through 12 schools have. And so today's about the critical steps to the ideal enrollment journey. And uh, we'll get it started. We'll do you know, about sort of 35 minutes of uh, theory and a bit of practice, if that's okay with the team. So basically, absolutely chuffed to be and proud to be such a great partner with Educate Plus, great organisation. Uh, if you know people who aren't a member, get 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 them to do them, do themselves a favour and become a member of Educate Plus. We are proud to be a platinum partner, as Sharon pointed out. We're all about creating this kind of superhero experience. To you know, we know that staff are great brand ambassadors and students are great brand ambassadors who should be and current parents, but what about the future families? Future families, and I know this is very big for Carmel uh, when she was at uh, uh, a college in, in Victoria, about turning those student ambassadors into champions and the future families into her best community brand ambassadors. That's what we're on about. And this story of engage, communicate, amaze, and over-deliver and analyze the results. So our philosophy is about easily capturing data in one central location, Make sure you gather the right data. Send out personalised communications, not group broadcasts. Don't treat them as the incoming cohort. They are families with concerns and anxieties. Um, make sure if they're registering for events or requesting a prospectus or are coming to an open day, make that easy to register for, uh, follow up. Uh, then when it comes time to apply or enrol at your school, make the application seamless and enjoyable, and then make sure you've got great data to analyze the results. That's our philosophy. So Anthony, number one goal of your website, handing over to you. Okay, thanks, Greg. Yeah, we often talk to schools and I, we've, dealt, we've dealt with a lot of schools. Greg was talking about doing marketing plans and we asked them often, hey, what's the number one goal of your website? And specifically, I think about your homepage. This is the first, this is the web page that's gonna get the most traffic. And if I was to pose the question to you, it's just rhetorical, not asking you to answer it, although you can answer in the chat, like what is the goal of that website? And I'm gonna tell you the goal should be number one, and that is to get leads. Your leads are the, the, the that is the, um, that is the, like the future pipeline for your, your ongoing success, right? Like it's, it's critical. Without it, you're, you're not gonna, when I say you're not gonna survive, you just gotta make sure you're focused on it and don't get distracted with too many other options. And we'll talk about these. So I encourage you, and part of this webinar is we want you to walk away with actually clear cut action items. I'd like you to go look at that website and ask yourself the question, am I capturing future family leads? Uh, can they book a tour? 
can they ask a question about, oh, what do I need to know about coming to your school? Or can you please send, send me a prospectus? Are those front and center, like those buttons up at the top right corner of this screen, you can see where you can request a prospectus, book a tour, or even apply now. They are focused on future families. And number two is make sure the data is accessible that they're getting. So often inquiries could be via the web. Someone could walk into your office, make a phone call or send an email. And the responsibility for those inquiries might fall to different people. So the enrollment person, reception, marketing, maybe the principal's PA. Where is the data stored? I had a conversation with a school this week. It was a very, very large school in Victoria. And I asked them, where do you store inquiries? And they said, I have a notepad. And I put all the inquiries in my notepad. On my, and that is a serious, that is not a make-believe story. That is true. So spreadsheets, Google, notepads, emails, sticky notes. Uh, so what's the solution? We'll have a centralized database, um, which allows for one con common system. It will allow you to gain massive time efficiencies and allow all staff to have access to the same database. That means you can forecast. And that means you can conduct more targeted marketing because the business manager and the principal and everyone's saying, gee, we're spending all this dollars on marketing. How do I know if it works or not? So this is a frustration. So try to um, have systems that will allow seamless and more accurate reporting. So, you know, get a centralized database. This is tip number two and make sure you can store all your inquiries within that. Um, our philosophy is get rid of the spreadsheets because there's a better, better way of we would propose that would be inquiry tracker or, or a similar system therein. So Anthony, know your leads. Where do they come from? Yeah, so mo most of you, you know, if I was to ask you, hey, where do you get all your future family inquiries? I guarantee you're probably going to say, well, they're going to come and do a tour at the school or they're going to make some sort of general inquiry. They might call us up or send us an email, ask us a question. They might do a personal tour or you might want to send out an information packet or a prospectus, right? That is incredibly common. This is not unusual. What's interesting is if you, I think the next slide, Greg, is if you go forward one is what we found with our north of 100,000 records that we have stored in Inquiry Tracker is that 94% of the leads are going to come in online. That's massive, right? And of those 94%, 68% are going to be for event registration. So what does that tell me? That tells me that you need to make sure you've got the book a tour button on your homepage. Like make a note right now, put the book a tour button up in the header on the homepage, because that is where you're going to get the most of your leads. Number one. Number two is I was talking to school the other day and she said to me, she said, I know that if I can get a family to come to my school, I convert it 75%. If I can't, I convert it 15%. So yeah. the goal, if you get them to come to your website, the number one goal is to get them to do a tour, all right? So do that, do me a favor, and do yourself a favor and make sure that's visible. And of course, if you add up, you know, the others like website form, it's just in-person phone and email is just, you know, 5%, it's just change, you know? So this is really important. Then the next one, Greg, I think is really, really common or logical is what I was just alluding to, if the book a tour is number one, you could put it up in the header. Make sure it's on every page. So when someone's doing a Google search, they may not land on your homepage. They may land on a page deep in your site. Make sure the button is still on the header and stays in the header and you use a fixed header, all right? But don't be shy on your homepage if you've got a promotion, like front and center. You see how we've got register for a tour right on the homepage, right in the middle of the hero message? Like, that, don't be shy about doing that. I guarantee you, you will see more inquiries coming in for your school. So make the forms easy to find. And one of the things I, I like to tell schools, Greg, as a tip is call up a family friend who, who is not, doesn't have a kid at your school and say, hey, could you go request a prospectus on our website? Just tell me if you can find it mm. and ask them to let you know what they think. All right. And, and, and then you might want to change where you put them on your website. And you will have noticed, Anthony, in that last slide that there was request a prospectus, book a tour or apply now in the, in the header. Now, that, that's best practice. 
you know, so we would say, make sure you've got at least four forms on your website. I like to, Anthony, add the general inquiry form. I just want to ask a question. If you're, it's a faith-based school, do I have to be of a certain faith to go to the school? Do you have any space in year nine? I'm really interested in if you teach Italian or not, or do you have Maori language? You know, what, 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 what do you offer at your school? I just want to ask a question before I commit. So that's what I like that general uh, info or general inquiry, enrollment inquiry form as well, I argue. Make sure, as Anthony said, put them in a prominent position on your website. So I think Anthony's just said, ask a friend, do that blind audit and, and don't trick yourself, get, get them to tell you how easy it was to find. Anthony, I know you're very passionate about this, asking the right questions, um, collecting the right data when you ask those, uh, ask those questions. It's all about audience communications and analytics. Do you want to talk us through this, this slide, please? Well, when... You've got to think about what you're trying to do with a, a family, right? You want to know what potential leads are coming in for your school. And the, lead, the, the leads are about the students, right? And with each student, you want to know sort of three things. What calendar year are they going to start? What school year level are they going to start? And ultimately, what interests do they have? And that's, you need to know that all for marketing purposes. So you're sending the right content at the right time. If it's a kindergartner, you're not going to be promoting the robotics program, right? You're just not. Or if it's a sixth grader, but they're not starting for five years, there's no sense of urgency about you must get your application in tomorrow, right? That's why that's important. Communications is make sure you know how to communicate with the contacts, mum or dad or the parent or guardian, email, phone, mailing address. We often like to have multiple touches. So don't just rely on one channel like, oh, I can only email them or I only call them. Think about how to provide content in different ways, right? But if you don't ask that information, you can't, you can't communicate that way. Then, of course, how are the leads coming in? Are they coming in through tours or a general inquiry form or by phone or email and how do they hear about you? And this is a self-declarative question that often is really important to understand what the family thinks. Not, it may not be entirely true, but they might say things like, oh, word of mouth or my local parish or my primary school. It's gonna to start to give you statistically significant information that's gonna allow you to make smarter decisions. Absolutely. And we're all about engage and follow up. And that's critical. So make sure when you capture these leads, you start uh, following up. So Anthony said the number one goal is to get people to visit your school. And we're really big on virtual visits and on site visits. And we, and I know, um, uh, we would argue that that should be part of your normal engagement. Don't just go back to on site tours, make sure at least one or two experiences per annum is a virtual one, where people could come into a meeting just like this, meet the principal, speak to the director of admissions, have a virtual tour, hear a message from the school captain and hear from a parent. That can all be done online. And so now we can engage with people more um, in, in, a, in a genuine manner that they're used to using Zoom. They're, they're comfortable in the space. So regardless of what you call them, get them to your school. Then make the experience fantastic. And I know, um, you know we've talked about finding a forms on your website. We've talked about make it simple to complete. Then let's talk about the pre-contact experience. So when they register, send a personalized email and include a link to the event. Speak to them as a genuine face-to-face -face person. And wouldn't it be great for this to be automatic and on-school brand? And out the email goes and thanks them. Now, the event might not be for four weeks or six weeks or three months. So make sure we send a reminder the day before. And any tip, hey, it looks like there's a big thunderstorm coming to tomorrow pack an umbrella, and we're going to be serving hot coffee on arrival. That's a nice thing to do. Most schools don't do it because it's too hard. If you had an automated system that would do it for you, it's simple. And then on the day of the event, and I'm, I'm going to let Carmel chime in here, Carmel, if you wouldn't mind, about that, that, that pre, that experience about, you know, doing meet and greet, first impressions. I know at your school, you had uh, students doing this, didn't you? Yep, so we trained up some of our year nine girls to be our tour ambassadors who would do the meet and greet um, at the front gate. Um, we had them using iPads so you can actually showcase the use of technology um, where they basically just introduced themselves, greeted the family, found out what their name was so that we can actually get an accurate number of attendees at our event. 
Perfect. And then the next day you have a beautiful event, make sure you do all your name tags and make sure you send an automatic thank you for coming email. And why not insert a quick survey? And I know Antio has some tips about what survey to ask. And generally you only need to ask one question, not 25. Um, and then the people who didn't didn't come, make sure you say, sorry, we missed you email. And then maybe seven days later, see if they'd like to connect to one of your parent ambassadors or maybe send them a, an automatic video. Now, whether it's 10, 50, 500 or 1,000 families coming, you should be able to do this in an automatic way. Um, and of course, you, you need to follow up with them with send them relevant contact content to their area of interest. As Anthony mentioned, if the child is interested in robotics and is in year six and starting at your school year seven, send them information about robotics. But if, if, if they're in prep and not starting for seven years, it's probably not a relevant communication. Um, so are you sending timely personalized communications? That's a big tip. Uh, leverage your assets. Um, Carmel, this is exactly what you were just saying, isn't it? They were holding iPads. In fact, I think that might be a photo of uh, your girls at your school, isn't it? It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Carmel created this magnificent structured student ambassador program where they had pins, they had a role description, they did the meet and greet on iPads. It pushes, push, push. I mean, what, what would your impression be? I'm walking with a nervous grade six girl who's a bit shy she gets greeted by a big year seven girl who says hello how are you ask her a few questions makes her feel special me as the parent i'm wrapped i want my daughter just to be like that girl there and that's that and, and look at them using digital technology wow so before i even got to the tour i've had two wow moments which creates that chatter the social media chatter and Anthony, I might hand back to you for families are individuals about capturing areas of interest. Why, why well, is that so important? Yeah, well, so imagine that scenario that Greg was just described where, you know, you get your student ambassadors welcoming families, asking them questions with the parents' permission. They're talking to the kids or talking to the parents, finding out those student interests. And they're capturing that information on that technology. So they're finding out if they're in, interested in golf or, you know, math or science or art or, robotics um, and you know when they're going to start and this comes down to if you know these answers to these questions then you know how to communicate with them and it, so you can send out broadcast emails or direct mail campaigns to the families with the right relevant content this is the critical thing you've got to send the families the right content right and make sure you gather that information at the right time don't go and ask 50 questions on your web form that's not the way to do it the goal for you is to get their name quickly on their website, find out what the child is, find out what year they're going to start in and find out what grade level. That's your pipeline, right? When they come to, because your goal is to get them to come to a tour, get them to come to a tour, get your student ambassadors to collect this additional information. Oh yeah, I'm interested in robotics, math or chess. Great. Now you can market to them. You can segment your audience and you really know how to send relevant content and they're going to think you're a legend. They really will. Yeah, the other thing I, I should also point out, and one of the things we like to do is, you know, often when you do surveys, um, highly can think about having your, a group of kids analyze the data from the surveys or conduct them and come back with a recommendation. And you might be surprised what happens. It's going to have a halo effect. They're going to tell their parents they're doing it. The parents are going to tell other parents, say, oh, my goodness, this school is having our, school, our students involved in making decisions about the school. This is a big marketing tip that I can't emphasize enough. You should really listen to your students and let them take a, a lead role. The other thing is you should set a benchmark. I would, I'd be, look, we've done this in Silicon Valley. The Net Promoter Score or NPS is a benchmark standard for how customers rank your product. So if I'm a software product, we would say, how, how likely is it you would re recommend, you know, our software, name of software, to a friend or colleague? And that's it. And it's a me measured on a scale of zero to 10. And if you Google NPS, Net Promoter Score, and try to learn about it, um, this is the formula here. And there's tools that do it, like Delight, and you can run those. I highly recommend, there's another tip for you is, Establish an NPS for your school. It doesn't matter what it is, but you've got one. And your goal is to increase it each year. That's your goal. But have your students involved in this process and they're going to have equity in your school 
not only as a, a current family, but I believe as a future family. When they become alumni and they know how, you, how well involved you had them at their school, it's going to have this halo effect. So I, I don't want you to gloss over this listen idea. It's really important. And obviously, number 10 is, is it's sort of towards the end of the journey now is to get them to apply or enroll at your school. And there's some global challenges here because many of us say, oh, gee, for a lack of time to get things done. I don't know. I ask this interesting question to many schools. How do you know people are applying to your school? And they say, Greg, don't be silly. I don't know if they're applying to my school until the application form lands in my inbox or on my desk. Um, we've got an interesting solution to that. Uh, I, one of the challenges is audit trails. Uh, with online applications or paper-based applications. We're dealing with complex blended families. People have got to upload, there's more documents seem to be requested than ever before and how to upload them. And people are emailing them in or dropping them off at the front desk or sending them in the post. Um, compliance issues, privacy, safe storage of data, filing cabinet space, fee processing logistics. And because we're tied up in all this sort of other stuff that might be paper-based applications or PDFs or whatever, there's an opportunity lost because errors can occur because it's a manual process. So we believe in a digital process because the world has moved online. COVID has forced this change of behavior. Not, as Anthony mentioned, I think 96%, not 95% of all inquiries come in via the website. Technology is more accessible and affordable than it was five or 10 years ago. And if, if I came to an open day, let's call it Centrinians in Wellington, if there is such a school, I came to Centrinians in Wellington for an open day, I registered online, uh, gave them all this information, I hit submit, I got a thank you message, beautiful, I got a reminder, I came in, I got checked in by the school, the next day they sent a thank you for a coming email, this is great, this is great. And then they say, hey, here's a paper-based form you've got to fill out to apply. Huh? What? That doesn't make sense. I was there last week, haven't they got my information? So um, a PDF, if you say, I don't know, Greg, we're online, we're online, we've got a PDF, that's not being online. So um, the idea is go back to that analogy before with that school called Farn, apply now or enroll now and make the experience fantastic because ultimately you want to get that inquiry and the end of the journey is get them to enroll. And we know that in a perfect world, everyone who inquires applies, everyone who applies enrolls. We know we, it doesn't look like that. It looks more like a golf tee for most schools, but not all. So I'm going to now stop the presentation and move into this um, uh, example using our software that um, shows you an experience of uh, someone registering for an event and then applying. And it's pretty amazing. And we'll let uh, Anthony take over and share that experience with you. I'll just uh, stop sharing my screen and let Anthony take over sharing his screen, if I may. Sharon and uh, Soda and Carmel and Kate and Nicola. All right. Thanks, Greg. Yeah. So I'm logged into inquiry track and I'm looking at the dashboard for Sorrento Grammar. Can you all confirm you can see that screen okay? Yes, I can see it, Anthony. Okay, so um, I thought I had all these turned off. And just whilst Anthony's getting that ready, this is the, the dashboard view into inquiry tracker, which is showing you a fictitious school called Sorrento Grammar. And it's looking at the statistics for year seven, 2022. You can see we've got 161 inquiries, uh, 60 of which have reached the applicant stage, which is a 37% conversion ratio and 26 have actually enrolled, which is a 43% conversion ratio. You, you right to go in? Yep, I think so. So of those 161, if I scroll down, I can see how they're distributed across my four stages, 101 in interest, 34 in applicant, 26 enrolled, but good news, None have declined. And this is all for year seven. Of course, I can change my years. And anytime you see these lists, these are all tailored to suit every school. So you can have your own year level. So you're not locked into anything that you don't want. Likewise, the prospectuses, we've sent out 62. And you can see the last person was Steve Smith. And I'm pointing out these because these are all going to change with the demo. And you can see I've got a discovery tool coming up. And I've got 108 RSVPs. And I've got an open day. That This one is fully booked. This next one, the open day, I've got 17 students, 17 families, and 36 RSVPs. And of this, you can see I've got half a dozen different tours here for this particular school. So what we're going to do is we're going to register a family for this open day, and we're going to watch all these numbers change, and we're going to talk to you about what's going on. So I'm going to go over to a website. So imagine this is your school website, and this website is showcasing some of the things that we 
we talked about. Book a tour, get info, apply today or ask a question. Typically, these are the forms that we recommend. And front and center is like book a tour and apply today. And of course, if you want to connect with a parent ambassador, I can click and talk to someone. Or if I'm an alumni, I can go into the alumni portal or the parent portal, et cetera, right? So I am going to go into this book a tour option. And what we're going to do is pick one of those tours uh, that, was, that I just took you through on Inquiry Tracker. And I'll fill out this form for a, a, um, a showcase um, family that we'll use to, for this whole we'll work all the way through. So I'm going to pick the event. And there's that first tour. Remember how it's fully booked? So it's disabled. I can't, I can't do it. I can't select it as a parent. But the open day can. So I'm going to pick this uh, particular event. I'm going to start to fill in a record. I'm going to pick um, Bilbo uh, Baggins, Greg. And I'll let, as I do this, I'll let you um, talk us through why certain fields are on the form and how they can customise these. Um, um, so what Anthony's doing, so these forms are uh, embedded on the school's website. We give you four different forms, the uh, tour request form, a prospectus request form, uh, info, a general inquiry form and an apply now form. They could be done in school brand. So they look and have your feel. You can see that Anthony's putting in a special email address, which is Anthony plus Bilbo at inquirytracker.net. Anytime, are you an alumni of the school, which is a really important question. And I know that Sharon would be really big on this, trying to capture alumni data. This is a self-declarative position. Would you like a copy of our prospectus as well? Oh yeah, that sounds good because this event might be uh, six months away. I'm going to get Anthony to put in a Melbourne-based address just for some analysis. Now, obviously, this would be preloaded to New Zealand. It would not say state Victoria. It would say New Zealand. The country would be pre-populated to New Zealand address formats, of course. But for the purposes of the Google Maps, I want to show you some stuff later on. Notice you can register four students here. This is about building out your pipeline. Notice some fields are mandatory and some are optional. And Anthony's just selecting the ones that are mandatory with a red star, which is controlled by you, the school. Anything with a pick list in it is set and controlled by the school. And you can see a, a list of primary schools. Where we, do we draw children from? And let's say this is based in Auckland and um, not Taronga in Glen Iris in Australia. And a child is at Auckland Primary School looking to come at year seven, 2022. Uh, uh, Anthony's popping in a date of birth. Is this the first time visiting our school? That's a great question to ask. How did you hear about us? Another pick list, which is controlled by the school. How many people will be attending our on-site tour? Remember, this could be virtual. And these events are created in Inquiry Tracker. You can call them what you like. You can have as many as you want. And all data is associated with the event is kept forever. As soon as the event passes midnight, it drops off the registration form and is archived. Anthony hits the submit button now. If he didn't miss any fields, he gets a congratulatory note. If he missed a field, he will um, be told, hey, you missed something. So now he's at work and he's the director of admissions. He's grabbed his coffee. He's uh, about to log in. His email pings and he sees he's got a registration from the Baggins family. And look at the data, 17, 17 and 36. And we go up, if we scroll up a little bit, we can see 62. And if we can see further up, we can see these numbers haven't changed yet, 161. And the number at the top hasn't changed. Now, Anthony will now ping the data center where the, the, this is a web-based system. So the data is stored in the Google data center in Sydney, Australia. The data gets replenished. You can see the 161 has gone to 162 because we've got a new inquiry. We go a bit further down. Uh, the, the next map says 162 in the middle. The number at the interest stage has gone from 101 to 102. The number of prospectuses distributed this year is 63. There's Bilbo Baggins. A record has been created for the parent and the child. We've also created an event registration. So on 1st of May, which is the event he registered for, we've gone to 18 families, 18 students, and 38 RSVPs, which is the number that is good for catering. But admissions is more interested in the number of families and a number of students. This event, if we go to, this is now, let's say a couple of days before the event, you wanna see how it's tracking. Well, we've got an open day, we've got a location, we've got a cap set for a hundred registrations. You can see I've got five returning families, 13 first time families and zero unknown. So if Anthony just clicked on the returning families for a moment and just uh, brought that list up and let's say that was 15 returning families and 15 first time families, you might now decide to split the group into two. And you can see Cindy Lauper's a returning family and 
probably um, Bilbo Baggins is in a first-time uh, group, which is probably where he, he belonged down there. If we list a few more names, you've got at least a couple more, Ant, uh, under the uh, items per page, please. There's Bilbo Baggins, who's got a child coming into Year 7 2022. It's nice to send reminders. So the day before, this, uh, the person who's already registered for this event already has received two emails in their inbox on school brand personalised. It would have said, this is what it says, not what it looks like. So dear Bilbo, thank you for registering for our open day on the 1st of May. Here's a calendar invite. Here are all the details. Best wishes, Director of Admissions, Anthony Campitelli with his branded signature. And the day before, he'll get a friendly reminder. Hey, looks like it's going to be raining tomorrow. Pack an umbrella. And by the way, we're serving hot coffee. And we've got a special check-in process. So come five minutes early. As they park the car, they walk into the gate. They get greeted by a student holding an iPad, if you like. And we can have multiple students doing this because there could be 130 families coming, not 18. Um, and we ask the family, what's your name? And they say, my name's Bilbo. And Anthony simply types in Bilbo. And is it Bilbo Baggins with Frodo Baggins coming into year seven, 2022? Yes, it is. And we check them in and we click the box and they're now checked in. If we make a mistake, we can uncheck them. But here's where it goes from good to great. And this is what Carmel used to do at her school. She'd click on the green pencil and she would take, the students need about 15 seconds of training to do this. And hey, do you mind if we check Bilbo's um, details, uh, you know, what he gave us? Or can we learn some more information about the child, Frodo? So this is information was filled out by the Baggins family. The date of birth, the gender, Auckland Primary, Year 7, 2022. Um, does he have any siblings? Didn't answer that, didn't ask him that question. Now let's say, hey, what we offer some programs at our school. What are you interested in? And of course, all this is customizable to every school. They offer different programs. We discover the child likes music, drama, robotics, and art. Fantastic. Hit save, enjoy your day. And Inquiry Tracker will allow you to print out all the name tags so you can have the child's name, their calendar year of entry, the year level of entry, and their school of origin, and a little green dot to see if the parent is an alumni of the school. And the parent goes in and has a great tour. Next day, they're going to get the automatic thank you for coming email personalised, where you can insert the survey if you wanted to. And the people who didn't come will get the sorry we missed you email. And that could be with a, a video link or a link to book for the next tour. And then maybe seven days later, we get the, hey, would you like to speak to one of our parent ambassadors? And that could be automated. And it doesn't matter if it's 550 or 500 families, all of these will go out at the times you nominate with the content you write. And of course, we help you in the onboarding with the templates. So I think now let's uh, go back to the dashboard, Anthony. Maybe just show us a couple of analytics before we decide to enroll this family at our school. If you just walk us through some of the headline analytics and data that, that is being grabbed now, maybe some of the geographic data and the school of origin data and things like that. Okay. Um, so we've already covered a couple of these charts, but under our analytics section, um, we've got all the activity information. So we're, we're always collecting, how the family hear about you, where they're coming from. Remember I had those as one of the key pillars when you capture information, we think it's really important. And you can understand this for all years, you can change it. You can change the stage to declined um, or the status to enrolled. It's all up to you how you want to mine this data, but it's all there all at your fingertips. If you're a, say, a, a co-educational school and you want to track uh, the gender splits, so you want to see how you're tracking um, for an upcoming enrollment year by year level or all year levels, you can see, you know, which ones you know if you've got 18% male and 54% female, you realize you've got a, a quite a few unknown. So you might want to click on this link and I can get a list of all the unknowns and I can reach out to them to try to find out what the gender of those children are. So I can figure out if I've got a balanced potential balanced candidate or et cetera. Likewise, if they volunteer the information, if they're alumni, you'll find out this info, siblings, if you're faith-based school, et cetera. Likewise with inquiries, you can see, you can track your inquiries over time. So I can see, you know, I've got 140 inquiries through January through April. I can see how that compared to last year or the year before or the year before. And I can see if I'm tracking compared to with last year. So these are all sorts of important metrics. I won't go into the ranking score, but we can, we can score every student when a, pros a prospectus is sent and how many have been sent out this year and who got them. 
Uh, I won't go into all the events, but we track all the event data, uh, all the statistics on families that attended, other, other guests that attended, et cetera. But one of the most important ones is, we think anyway, is where are these families coming from? How far do they have to come from to come to our school? And if I start to zoom in, and of course I could zoom out, right? I could e equally zoom out from a long, long distance away. Um, and you can see that there's these, if I click on any of these pins, I can see that there's a family here or another family here. That's the Bilbo Baggins I put in one. That's the one I happened to put in uh, today as our test case. So you can see it's been plotted on the map. And what's interesting here, if you see these are all your inquiries for a year and you could, it, it, obviously not, not all are gonna be on this strip here, right? But let's say you've got this hole over here and you feel like, well, we should be pulling kids from this block. Maybe we'll do a, a postcard mailer and invite them all to come to an open day, right? And these is, this is very intuitive. Or if you're in a, a rural area um, and you need to know where these families are coming from, so if you can see if there's you know, bus routes or train or tram routes, like here I can see where all the tram stops are, for example. So it's helpful for these kids in rural areas to know how they, they're gonna get there. Yeah, and likewise, for example, the Baggins family just moved to Taronga Road and says, <clears throat> and you're at your desk and you're, you brought them in for a personal tour and you showed them around the school and said, look, hey, and you're looking at the computer, they're not. And you can say, um, yeah, you, you're, you've moved into Taronga Road. Yes, yeah, we don't know anyone. Well, actually, <laughs> look how many kids live in Taronga Road. And we've got a walking group that's going to come to our school and you're, you're, you're going to have lots of friends for year seven, 2022 and Anthony could bring up year 7 2021 or just click on 2021 and bring up the data there and compare another year um, similarly uh, where do our kids live and what schools do they come from and typically when Carmel and I ask this question to any school the response we get from a director of admissions is they come from everywhere and everywhere is not an answer they come from actual schools or early learning centers or kindergartens so we've decided to classify our schools of origin as Catholic primary schools, because there's a lot, there's 25% of the market in Australia is Catholic primary schools, so it's a big sector. Government primary schools, independent primary schools, early learning centres and kindergartens. And you can see that for the year level of year 7, 2022, all inquiries, I've got 162 kids and 35% are coming from independent primary schools. If Anthony just brought up the 26 kids who are enrolled, for example, so if Anthony clicked on the stage button for a moment, and selected enrolled. And again, every one of our buttons works like this. There's 26 of those kids who are actually enrolled. 46% came from independent schools. And which ones? Well, we can show you which ones. They're just a little bit below down the page. And we're getting a whole lot of kids from Harry Potter School. So it's now time to do a data query and get this family to enroll. And this is where the magic starts to happen. So we go to the inquiry button and we say, bring up all the families for year seven, 2022. Let's have a little And of course, Inquiry Tracker has, has a very big comms tool. They can do massive broadcasts and schedule them and they can all be stylized to look like MailChimp and things like that. So you can see I've got 953 kids in the system. I'm bringing up year seven, 2022. And I've got uh, for at the interest level, 140 kids. If you could bring up year seven, please, Anthony. Thank you. I've got 102 children who are at the interest stage. And out of interest, I might say, hey, how many of those kids like drama? Because I think I remember that Bilbo Baggins Frodo likes drama. So if we could just go onto the drama, please, Anthony, under uh, just under the more button, please, and select um, uh, drama. Thank you. <clears throat> because I wouldn't mind asking these kids into a theatre studies class and there's 26 of them. And I know Bill Baggins is one of them. So we could go and design a beautiful email and do segmented ta targeted marketing for the group that has not yet started at our school yet, who have not yet applied. And I would like them to invite the kids who like drama into a drama class, the kids who like robotics into a STEM class, children who like dance into a dance class speak to them out of their in areas of interest, which is a huge brand enhancement tool for uh, the, those families who are then saying they're in their world, this is amazing. This school cares about my child, knows my child's interests. We haven't even started there yet and they're inviting us into stuff. They are incredible. You need to send your kids to this school because they know us 
They know our family. Now it's time to email them. And we email the Baggins family and all these, the rest of the families for starting in year 7, 2022, an email. So Anthony, I don't know if you remember the email that you typed in, but it would land in Bilbo's inbox and tells him to apply now. So away you go. Um, yeah, so imagine you did a broadcast email out and you wanted to apply. They'd, they'd click on the link and they'd come into their, uh, your application form online. And so I'm just going to scroll down to the application form. So it's right here. And here's the form with some introductory text. All this text can be customized. And I'm going to put in uh, the email I typed in earlier today. Um, I hope, hope this is what it is. Yeah, I think it was Anthony plus Bilbo, I think. Uh, we'll should, find out. We should check first. Uh, why, the, why the I'm not a robot and why the, this code business, Anthony? What's going on here? Um, so it's just a security thing. What we don't want to do is we want to, we're, what we're trying to do is pull in the data that's already been entered so the family doesn't have to enter it uh, twice. So now what I'm going to do is get my email. I don't know that you'll see this screen. You may not, um, but I'm going to go pull it up. Yeah, you can't see it just to let you know. But Anthony would have put an email in his inbox with a six-digit code, which is saying, enter this code, please. There it is, 340560, verify. And there it is. Look at that. Bilbo Baggins lives at 130 Taronga Road. And Frodo Baggins, uh, with an application not yet started. Anthony could start an application for Frodo, or he could start an application for another child. I'll let him start an application for Frodo. So watch what happens now. So we're so, going to start up a brand new app. And this, these apps are all configured and tailored to your school. Uh, during our onboarding process, we tailor it for every school, but you can easily make changes. Just like our other forms, you can change the text up here. You can decide if I don't want middle name, you can hide it. There's certain fields you can hide and certain fields are required and some aren't. And so you can see all the ones I've already filled in um, are already pre-populated, so I don't have to re-enter it, but there are others that I haven't. So I'll go through, while I'm doing this, Greg, I'll just start to go through and try to make sure I get all of these fields entered. Um, I'll just, I might just change the siblings to no, so I don't have to enter it if you don't mind. But you can see all of these, all of these fields can be tailored to suit. Who does this child live with? You know, maybe it's the father only, or, you know, um, what's their residency? I'll put Australia or country of birth. Let's put New Zealand, for example, nationality. New Zealand, let's just put that in there. Citizenship, in this case, it says, are you a strange citizen? It could equally be New Zealand citizen. So let's just say yes. And say no, look yeah. what happens. I have to input all this other data. And of course, if you don't want all of this information, you can decide which ones are hidden or not. I'll just say yes for the moment. Indigenous status, of course, this list pertains to Australia. If you want, if we'd put in Maori or uh, iwi, you could put those th these information in here as well. And what's the main language spoken at home? I can just start to type ahead and it will automatically pick words that match that text string. If there's any special needs, I'll say no. Court orders, no. Let's just say if I said yes to classroom funding, if I do this, I'm going to be required to upload a document later on. Um, if faith is important, you enter that information. Uh, and if there's any medical conditions, you know, things like anaphylaxis, asthma, et cetera, all of these lists can be tailored. Have they been vaccinated? You can pick these. Doctor's information, insurance, ambulance coverage. Because these are not required, I'm, I'm just going to skip over them, Greg, for the sake of time. Certainly. But you can see this has been completed in full. There's no error message. And I'll just demonstrate something. If I click off this, you can see this is red. There's something missing. So anytime it's not complete, they have to go back and fill it out. So I'll just go through these, Greg, and fill what out. I, what I like here is you can see Bilbo Baggins' email has been already put in and anything that we already had on him would have been pre-populated. His address is already there. We could ask him postal address. You can see he's an alumni of the school, 2002. Um, you can have workplace occupation information if it's required. Now, if you'd collected a second contact for this family, that would all be pre-populated into the second contact details. So whatever information you've collected would be pre-populated into this form. Now it comes time to uploading documents and you can control what documents are uploaded, how many are uploaded, what the instructions are and what the section headings are called. And if Anthony uploads a document here, 
uh, for his birth certificates. It's a mandatory field. Now, I can't tell whether he's uploaded his birth certificate or not. He could upload it anything. But residency eligibility, a, a very popular one is obviously immun a proof of immunisation, particularly under coronavirus, might be very important. Uh, school reports, if you're a secondary college, you might want primary school reports. If you're a primary school, you might want elementary reports. Um, faith certificates, if it's relevant, or sports certificates, if you prefer to collect those. Any references that might be required from the previous school or, or what have you. Because Anthony ticked special funding, this opened up for only this student. Similarly, for court orders. If he ticked no to special funding and no to court orders, they wouldn't appear. But he has to upload something. So all schools have different terms and conditions, but ultimately these can be as long as you like. Some schools, I know Carmel's done a lot of onboarding. Some schools have got pages and pages and pages of stuff. Um, terms and conditions, ultimately they're agreeing, they're giving permission, or they're not giving permission, or they're not agreeing. How'd you first hear about us? Remember Anthony selected friends, but a fundamentally different question. Why did you select our school? Give me the top three reasons why you selected our school. This is a list. All lists in Inquiry Tracker are configurable by the school. So Anthony picked those three, hit next. Then it comes to the signature block. Because Every word on this page is configurable by the school. Because Anthony only selected one parent, there was only one signature. He could explain why there was the, 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 the signature wasn't there for the other person. And you could also, if he'd had two parents, it would have come up with two signature blocks. But of course, just because there's two signature blocks doesn't mean that the dad uh, can sign because maybe he's overseas or, or just there's a, an estranged family situation. How do you want to pay? Most schools have some sort of fee collection moment or a deposit. Uh, you can pay now or pay later. This is the pay later option because if we put pay now, Anthony's going to have to put in 50 bucks in his credit card. So he's going to go for the pay later option and he hits submit. As he hits submit, let's make sure he, he completed all sections because he, he did it pretty quickly. He didn't get any error message. He gets a thank you, congratulatory note with a unique ID. He can view his application. So if he clicks on the blue button, it'll come up with a copy of the application. He can't edit it anymore because it's gone. It's in the mail. It's in the electronic mail in, into the internet. He can print it out. So there's your audit trail for the parent. Can't do anything with it except print it out or keep it. The school has already sent him and his family a personalised email thanking him with a link to this application form. Anthony comes in in the morning, grabs his coffee. So um, he's just going to log out because he's, he's, he comes in, grabs his coffee, pops in his email address, logs into Inquiry Tracker, and he wonders, gee, I wonder how many applications I've got in the system. And out of interest... I wonder how many have not yet been submitted. How many are in progress? So he types in, in progress. And actually, he's got a whole bunch of ones in progress. How do you know someone has started an application to your school? Well, I've got 30 of them here. I've got Sandy Muller, Susie Smith, Mary Grave, Rosa Duval, uh, Daniela Snippet. All have started an application to our school, but have not hit the submit button. Maybe I should give them a call. Maybe we could uh, call them and say, do you need a hand? Do you need some assistance? But we know we got one from Frodo Baggins that has been submitted. And I'll hand over to Anthony to talk us through this, this part. So what we've done is we've got a copy of the form that the family filled out. Remember, they started out registering for an event. So all that data has carried through. And we know the students, Frodo, the starting year, the year seven. What's interesting is this student status has automatically been set to application received. So that is a sort of an automated process that we move them down the funnel automatically. We track all the details of it. We have a document checklist that you can review. This will display only the items that are required on the form. Um, and then we'll say who is going to have the, the fee responsibility. Underneath that, uh, uh, that sort of summary section, we've got the key stages. So Greg covered the in-progress one. Well, this one's been submitted. And submitted means... They've basically entered all the fields that you required them to enter in order to submit. But that doesn't mean they got it all right. They may have made typographical errors or uploaded an incorrect document. Instead of a birth certificate, it was their birth photo, right? And so what you like to do is you put this now in review. So that means a staff member at the school is reviewing the application and you can go through and, and look at all this stuff. And you might get a phone call from them and they say, oh, look, you know, I, I got my address wrong. Could you, could you fix it for me? And you can go in and make that change. So if I go over to the, 
And, and this operates the exact same way as the form. I click on this navigation item and I can go down and go, it wasn't 130, it was 132, right? So I can make that change and um, I can go make any other edits and I can save it. So now what's going to happen if I scroll back up the top here, you see that it was submitted at, on the 22nd of April at 9.23, but it's been updated at 9.26. So there was a change made. Now, what we've done is we always have a full record of the original submitted application. This version can't be changed. That's sort of the source of truth of what the family submitted. So there's no argument. If they said, no, 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 I uploaded that document. You can go check. You've got that. You've got it here. You know what it is. Whereas the last updated is always the one that's most recent. Okay. And by the way, that's been, that's rendering, um, Sorrento Grammar is based on Melbourne time, not New Zealand time. So your school would render in New Zealand time. I love the document review section because this is one of the biggest bugbear schools have. Did the person send the right documents? So, hey, did he send his birth certificate? We review it and we say, no, it's not a birth certificate. It's a, it's a logo. So I'm going to mark that as invalid. I'm going to say that is not wrong, wrong, wrong document. Uh, I'm going to mark it as invalid. It's the wrong document and uh, it gets a, a red light. So I've got to give the family a call and get the right document. They email it to me and I upload it and then give the, it the green light. So ANSI could at some stage review all the documents and eventually they all have a green light and maybe one's got an amber light, which might be pending or something like that. So he could mark this verified and eventually he gets a series of green lights and eventually this application will be marked as finished. So once all these uh, documents have got a green light, we might move it to pending. Our director of principal might review it, make sure it's um, happy. Have they paid their deposit? Yes, we've got the money. Terrific, terrific, terrific. Yeah, and finalise it. So we might then eventually finalise this. So this is the end of the presentation as we move into the last few minutes for some Q&A. I hit save and watch what happens. If I go back to the Bilbo family record, I just want to show you a couple of quick things here, if I, if I may. Anthony, if we go back to the uh, Bilbo family, please, under inquiries, and have a look at Frodo's record. His status has changed again. Um, <clears throat> I think you've still got a search uh, running up the top end. Just need to clear that out. And we go to Frodo Baggins. And look at his status. The status has changed automatically from interest to applicant. His, his application is now completed, finished. Now, let's just say we made a letter of offer. And actually, just let's make this person has accepted their letter of offer and becomes an enrolled student. They accept it. They've paid their money. It's all done. It's all finished. Their enrollment's now complete. We hit save. End of the journey. They're about to start of our school. Hit save. His status has changed now to enrolled. And if we go back to the dashboard, look at the number that's changed automatically. Up the very top. What does our pipeline now has 27 enrolled and 162 inquiries, 61 of which reached the applicant stage, 27 are now enrolled. So in a 55 minutes, we took you through a journey that might take 55 days or 55 weeks or five and a half years oh, for a family. It is. Uh, and this recording will be available for those who haven't, who haven't turned up today. Thank you very much, Greg and Anthony. And I look Thank forward you. to seeing you at the international conference. Thanks, <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Bye -bye. everyone. Bye-bye.